0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Officer Kevin Wilson. Well, what does it mean to serve as a police officer? I'm not going to ask you guys. You got us good. (laughs) Y'all can't answer. But what does it mean to serve as a police officer? I can speak for a good handful of officers, and most of you may say, well, to serve as a police officer doesn't mean giving me a ticket, Kevin. It's not serving, but I can speak for a majority. She got my joke there. Anyways, I can speak for a majority of officers in saying that most of the time we are serving individuals and they don't even realize they're being served. Right. Have you ever thought about that? Like right now. We're all being served. Including myself, including these officers. We're all being served Right now, In fact, there was an officer patrolling a community, trying to keep the peace and deter crime. There was an officer who stopped a vehicle going at high speeds on the roadway in an effort to keep the roadways safe. And there was even an officer who found a little girl walking around a dark apartment complex in her jammies in the freezing temperatures of night. He just happened to stumble upon this little girl walking barefoot in the middle of the night. That officer, I know, he is forever grateful that he found that little girl, but I can tell you now, he wish he had never found that girl, the little girl in that situation. Why? Because of all the what ifs that runs through our minds. What if someone had harmed this little girl? What if a vehicle had struck this little child? What if, what if all types of hurt, harm, and danger could have happened to this little child right there in that moment? That often runs through our minds, but that officer is grateful. He was grateful that he was at the right spot at the right time. And I can tell you that the, the officer ended up getting that child back to his mother, her mother, um, safe and unharmed. And the mother was frantically looking for that child in a panic And just in absolute worry. The reason that child slipped out the door is because that single mother left the door open. And as I'm sure most of you know, all it takes is just a little space for a child to get into and slip out. That's how easy it could be. And then the most devastating thing could potentially happen to your child. I can tell you now that that officer was me. I was that officer. In fact, I was all of those officers. I was that officer patrolling a community, maintaining the peace, and trying to deter crime. I was that officer that stopped a high-speed vehicle to keep the roadway safe. In fact, for my car people, I'm sure if there's, are there any car people in here? Just raise your hand if I know anything about cars. I know you guys know about cars, but yes, my guy. So the car I stopped was a Mitsubishi. Lancer Evolution, commonly referred to as an Evo. It's a sports car. It's a sports Sudan. And it was a fast car, very fast car. But it wasn't faster than mine. It wasn't. And I caught up to him, stopped him, and that was that. And I was driving a Ford F-150 with push bumpers. So who's the king of the road? But I was also that officer that found that little girl. And sometimes I think back to that moment and I'm humbled at the thought of me finding her. What if? Every day, the what ifs of that night kind of haunt me. But then I get into this reverence to God, how thankful I am that I found that little girl. That little girl will never know, and she's too young to understand, but I was at her service that night. I was there to serve her. I would have shielded her from all hurt, harm, and danger, should it have become of her. I would have taken off my jacket to put on her to keep her warm during the freezing temperatures. I would have shared my own animal crackers with this little girl. (laughs) But I didn't have some that night. Ultimately, placing the need of hers above my own, like Christ did. Christ placed the need of ours above his own so as a Christian as a believer of God and also as a police officer is it possible to do both serve in light of representing the kingdom and in light of representing an agency this is the process I went through and the simplest answer yes it is possible This is not the only job where we can serve Christ and represent the uh, kingdom and also serve others at the same time. But first, I had to understand God took me through this process, church, and it was it was somewhat intense. And I'm not going to even share all the details, but he had to take me to the fundamentals. Pastor mentioned that I was an athlete. I played basketball. There's fundamentals in basketball, the, the actual fundamental blocks to learn off of and excel. Well, God had to take me back to the fundamentals of what it meant to serve. What does it mean to serve? I've asked myself that question many times. And I believe without getting in too much debate, to serve is simply to be Christ-like. And I'm sure most of us can agree to that. It's simply to be Christ-like. And what was Christ-like? What was Christ-like? To be Christ-like, what was christ like he was a servant, right? He was a servant. Above all things, he was a servant. The son of man, Jesus. He was a servant. In fact, if you turn your Bibles to Matthew 28, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. And I'm sure they're going to get all these verses up on the screen, so don't even worry about that. Wow, I felt like passages now. That felt really weird. In the world. He tells us to do that every Sunday, and I usually turn there, but, but I'll never be like pastor. Why? Because he's a Cowboys fan, so we're not going there. So, it's not me. But to be like Christ, he was a servant, the son of man. What does the Bible tell us in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28? It says, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister And to give his life a ransom for many. What is that saying? That verse is simply saying that he came to serve and not to be served. Christ came to earth to serve us, not to be served. Christ didn't come here with his chariots and with his bling bling and with his cool cars. And he wanted everyone to, you know, serve him. Christ came here to serve us all alike. This is what it means to be Christ-like, to serve in its simplest, simplest words. Whether that's in giving, whether that's in ministering, whether that's in healing, doing the good works of the Lord is what we call it, to serve. And that is exactly what Christ did, not for the benefit and praises of others, not for his own praises, but he just did it to do it because he knew it was the right thing and it was honoring his father. We serve in hopes that others will see our light, our Christ-like. That's what it is. We hope to serve others so that they won't see what we did for them, but they will see what Christ did for them, see Christ through us, right? So this is the process I was going through. To be Christ-like is to let your christ light shine in a world of men. Matthew 5.16, and they're gonna get it up on there. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The whole aspect of our obedience and serving is to be Christ-like and to give all glory to God. He gets the glory. God had to remind me of this. When you are serving you're serving others, but you are also given the glory that you are to receive from others to God. You don't take none for yourself. That's kind of like what it is to be a police officer. When we're serving, we don't think about, in the heat of the moments. we're not thinking about the praises that we get. Because when we go home, we're thinking about, okay, how can, I, how can I be better? How can I be better at serving the next day when I put my uniform on? What, what can I do different? What can I think about? Usually when we're going to a situation or we get a call, we think of, okay, what am I going to do when I get there? Now, majority of the time or oftentimes, even when we get a call, when we get on scene, the the situation is completely different from what the call actually was. I'm sure you guys can attest to that. Uh, An easy little quarrel over a hamburger can instantly turn into a domestic situation that's been ongoing. But we're called to serve. We're just called to serve, despite. So God had to show me that. Kevin, serve. Be Christ-like. I was like, okay, cool. And why do we serve? To give all glory to God. Why do we serve? I had to go deep into that. God had to show me why do I serve? What's the fire? What's the motivation that I wake up every morning knowing that it's time to serve? Well, I could answer, my, I answer that question myself because I know what he did. As a believer, I know exactly what Jesus did because of my sin. And it's always a good reminder to know what Jesus did, right? We know that he did, we know what he didn't have to do for us, and I think that's what gets me the most. I know what Jesus didn't have to do for me, and yet he did it. We're all familiar with the verse John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life that everlasting life what is that about most of the time we don't even think about that most of the time we don't even talk about that everlasting life but what is that everlasting life about god showed me in john 17:3 and this is life eternal that they might know thee the only god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent What is that verse saying? That's saying that God wanted to know us. That verse is talking about how God wanted to know us. And that eternal life was placed in place for a reason. God wanted to to know us on a personal level and vice versa. He wanted us to know him on a personal level. In the beginning, that's what God created us for, right? Right? He created us so that we could have that intimacy, that fellowship with him, to know him personally, but back then, what prevented us from knowing God personally sin sin romans three twenty three says that for all the weight, for the all have sin and come short of the glory of God sin we were created to fellowship with God, to know him but because of our sin, it broke that fellowship with God. And where does that leave us? The Bible tells us that as well. The first part of Romans six twenty three, for the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. That's where it left us. Sin left us, instead of fellowshipping and having that everlasting life with God and knowing him personally, sin left us just death. It's depressing when you think about it. But why do we serve? goes back to that question. Why do we serve? Because we know what he did. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Every time I read that, I smile. I get so much joy. My fire starts to light again, as if I first got my salvation. You see, Jesus Christ is God's only provision to man's sin. Right? And through him alone, through Jesus Christ alone, we can know God personally and experience his love and plan for our lives, You see, God created man to fellowship and to know him personally. Sin entered into man and we became sinful. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The cost of sin is death. God commended his only provision, his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to pay that cost that we could not pay. Now, man, you and I are free. Wow. We're free from the bondage of sin and now able to fellowship with God only through Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, who took our place because of his love. You think God would have still done that if it was just one person? He would have. And I thought about that as an officer. Would I go to a call, even still, no matter the distance? one see how the connection is everything we do and serve serving is connected right back to jesus it's incredible the connection is now mended jesus christ mended that connection made and now we can fellowship with god personally and now jesus is the bridge between god and man he is the way he is the way In fact, in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Why do we serve? That question went on and on in my head, like an echo. Why do we serve? Because we know what Jesus did. Amen. Church family, if someone were to ever ask you Why do you serve? Rhetorical question, what are you going to say back to them? Now, I know for me in my job as a police officer, if my sergeant had came up to me, my lieutenant had came up to me congratulating me on a good job over whatever I may have done, they would ask you, Officer Wilson, why do you serve? I'm going to look at him right in the face and say, because I know what Jesus did. And he may look at me and be like, So you wrote that lady a ticket because of what Jesus did? (laughs) And that may be funny, and I may chuckle over it. But isn't that a great segue into sharing the gospel with him? Right there in that moment. He probably wouldn't even realize what I'm about to say back to him. But it's a great segue. So now I know I can serve. And we further serve because we realize that there is unfinished work of the Lord, right? There's unfinished work. What did Jesus do before he ascended into heaven? After dying on the cross, let's fast forward. After dying on the cross, arising that third day, which really solidified that victory that we have in Jesus, he soon gave us what? Instructions. Most of us call it the Great Commission, right? Matthew 28, if you turn your Bibles there, to Matthew 28, verses 18-18. Through 20, it reads, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. You see, Jesus recognized that there was unfinished work to be done on earth. He died on the cross for us, but his mind was still thinking about serving us. Isn't that crazy? Like, man, you just died on the cross and you rose from the dead. We're all still flabbergasted about that. His mind was still about serving. There are millions of other people that haven't been reached that don't know this story, don't know what I did for them. He knew that there was unfinished work to be completed. And that's, I realize that's where you and I come in as the body of Christ to complete the body of Christ. Right. I like how Paul says in Colossians chapter one, verse 24, where it says, who now rejoice in my suffering? They'll get it up on the screen. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you? And fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. I know that sounds confusing, right? But if you study that more, Paul is pretty much saying that he's rejoicing over the fact that when he suffers in his own body for you, he he knows that he is participating in the sufferings of the body of Christ, which is the church. Right? It makes sense now. That's what Paul is so happy about. The struggles that he goes through on earth, he knows, man, I can use this as an opportunity to serve Christ right now. All the troubles I go through, all the sufferings I go through, all the afflictions I go through, all the problems that I have here on earth, they're opportunities to serve. And God gives you the blueprints on how you can do that. Psalms 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, right? But what does the Lord do? But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. You see, Paul knew that no matter, and we should know too, that no matter what struggle we have, no matter what challenges we come against, no matter the addictions, no matter the broken relationships, no matter the problems that we face in this life, no matter the suffering, that God still commended his love. He still commends his love today to us. And he still has given us provision. And he sent his only son, Jesus, for us. And he deliver us, delivers us daily. How many of you recognize that Jesus de- delivers you daily? It wasn't just, it didn't stop at the cross. It's ongoing. It's continuous. And that's what Jesus does for us. And we should all know what he did for us in this time, just like Paul did. You know, the struggles that we have, day-to-day struggles, it could be with friends, it could be with family, it could be with complete strangers. Those are the moments that Paul is talking about, those sufferings that he has, the internal sufferings that we have. He's using those opportunities to serve Christ. And I think that is the most incredible thing ever. And that's how I want to live my life, just like that. Anytime I come, if, if I'm making a sandwich, we're getting deep now. If I'm making a good little ham sandwich with some cheese on that thing, imagine your own type of sandwich. I know, it sounds good, right? It's probably because I'm hungry. But anyway, if I'm making a ham sandwich, I put some cheese on that thing, maybe put a little mustard, maybe some, I don't know, olives or something, whatever, whatever is privy to you. And some of that sauce drops on the ground on my clean floor, I'm suffering. (laughs) I just cleaned that floor. How can I use that as an opportunity to serve Christ? Just clean it up. <laughs> just, just clean it up. But all the real struggles that we go, that we face in life, the ones that are hard to get past, like grieving for a loved one that has passed, or trying to mend broken relationships we have with our brothers and sisters, our cousins, our aunts, the real problems that get, us a, get at us each and every day, things that we have prayed for and prayed for and prayed for, But they seem, nothing seems to be happening from them. Almost as if God is not hearing your prayers. Oh, God hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. And he hears you all the time. But he's trying to figure out when are you going to hear him in your situation? When are you going to hear him and say, I want you to use this? I will make all things good for you. But I want you to use this opportunity to serve me. Because most of the time, the problems that we face, we feel like we're alone, right? We feel like we're in it alone. But sometimes we don't even realize that our problems can lead to someone else to knowing Christ, right? And that's how God wants us to conduct our lives. You see, when others see your healing through Christ Jesus, when others see your strength through Christ Jesus, when others see your joy through Christ Jesus, when others see your victory Over Christ Jesus. Every affliction that was that the enemy sent to diminish you, but God instead delivered you. You are further showing your Christ light. You are being Christ like. And I think that is incredible. That is an incredible testament to what Christ was. Think about what Jesus did. Think about what he did when he died on before he died on the cross everything he was doing then up until afterwards everyone saw the miracle and they were like wow this really is the guy it's an incredible testament to how we are to be as Christ when others see your Christ like shine brighter than the sun after a storm you are further completing the body of Christ what we just talked about that's how you complete the body of Christ your Christ-like, your Christ-light has a potential to light someone someone else's path to Christ, and this is a part of the unfinished work of God that God has already called us to. In Ephesians two ten, it says, "We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained." Whoa, back up. Which God hath before ordained? One more time. Which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. God has already called us to do these things. And as a believer, it's in our genetic makeup to serve, to finish what God started, to finish what Jesus started here on earth. We are to finish that. That's how we are furthering the body of Christ. That That is how we make and complete the body of Christ. So where does this leave us? In my process, I was like, okay, I got it. What does serving means? I got it. Boom. Why do I serve? Easy, done. But where does this leave us? It leaves me at the fact that now I need to figure out how to serve. Yeah, I'm a police officer. Cool. How can I serve? If I was a cook, how can I serve? I'm so thankful that God leaves us the blueprints on how all of us not just me, not just the officer sitting here, not just you in here, but all of us in this world, how we can individually with our own personality, with our own interests and characteristics, how we can serve him. He leaves the bluep- blueprints in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace. Of God, What is that saying? It's saying that God has given each of us a gift. From all the spiritual gifts that he has, God is simply saying, use that gift to serve. He has enough to go around. He has enough to go around. And it may seem like there's too many people to have a gift for everyone. Don't limit God. He created you. He definitely has a gift for you. And that gift is just... For you. No one else has that specific, special gift. It is just for you. This confirms. Well, actually, I want to stop. I want to go to First Corinthians and show you in chapter 12, verses four through 11. I want to read one more thing about these gifts. And I'm sure they're going to get it up on the board. First Corinthians, chapter 12, verse four says, now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the spirit of the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit. Wow. Dividing to every man severally as he will. What is that saying? Well, first off, this is confirming that there are many gifts that God uses in all of us to serve. And each gift, special gift, is given to us for the purpose of building up the kingdom of God. That is incredible. Really think about that. Each gift, if you look around this room right now, each gift that is present today that God has given to you, is used to build the kingdom of God. And a huge part of your growth in Christ is to discover that gift and to use that gift. We each have a part to play. We do. God doesn't just give you that gift. You can't, you know, just be like, oh, I'm not going to use it. It's your choice. But that gift is in vain for as long as you live here. So I encourage For whoever doesn't know or may not know what that gift is, whether it's singing, whether it's a poet, whether it's a musician, a cook, or a police officer, I challenge you, and God invites you, to discover your gift today through Jesus Christ. You know, it's one thing in knowing Jesus... It's one thing in knowing the one who died for us. The one thing in knowing that despite my sin, despite my imperfection, despite my failures, despite how my shame and guilt can sometimes cloud my mind into thinking that I can't be loved or I can't be loved after what I did. And it's one thing to know that in spite of all those things, God is still in consistent pursuit of my heart. What a God. What love does he have for us? He's still in constant pursuit of my heart. So much so that he sent his only begotten son, his prized possession for me. After all that I've done, Jesus Christ. Died for me, paid that penalty, was beaten beyond recognition for me. It should have been me. Even today, it should have been me. But God said, I love you. Right? So now, I no longer have to live in guilt. I no longer have to live. With shame, I no longer have to live in failure. I no longer have to live with any type of problem in my mind because Jesus has set me free from all that. He said, don't worry about it. I got it. I want you to live. I want you to use your gift. He's delivered me from all that. And now I have a choice. We all have a choice, right? To use our gift. But the fact of the matter is, I owe it all to him. All of it is my choice to serve. And life is so much more in serving. It's so much more. It's not like a day job. It's not like your nine to five job. Serving is something different. It's a life-changing experience. Life-changing. And all that I do to be Christ-like And my prayer today for you, church, is that you won't allow a world that may seem dark to fade your Christ light. Don't let this world, don't let the enemy cause you to think that it is more powerful, more stronger than God who created you, created the world, created the mountains, created the waters. He can't be beat. And I'm a child of his. No weapon formed against me will prosper. They'll be formed. There'll be problems. There'll be, there'll be issues. There'll be struggles. Day in and day out, I'll face different things and I'll struggle with it. But none of those weapons are going to prosper against me. Why? Jesus pinned it all on the cross. I'm free. For it is your light. That will help someone see Christ. I encourage you to let someone see your light as we further complete the body of Christ. You listen to Officer Kevin Wilson. For more information, visit our website at Buford Road Baptist